This podcast is part of the Shareable Podcast Network. Learn more at shareable.fm. This is Rogue. I'm your host, Jeff Gibbard. Welcome or welcome back to Rogue. My guest today, Steve Woodruff. It is nice to have you here. So I've said your name, but tell people, who are you and what is your superpower? Well, I am known as the King of Clarity, and my superpower is helping people and companies get crystal clear on who they are, what their uniqueness is, and how to say it right. Now, with our previous conversations online or offline, if I've asked you, but if you had a superhero name, what would it be? I think it would be Clear Man. Clear Man. I was thinking the clarifier. Ooh, I like that. Oh, that, not, that's way bad. better. That's well, way it's not better as good as the man. King of Clarity, but but yeah. in a way, it's uh, it's it's pretty sweet. Well, let the me ask you this: so so yeah. you help uh, people and brands achieve clarity. Um, mm-hmm. How does that make the world a better place? How is that a superpower that moves us towards a, a world with more truth, justice, and uh, kindness and equity and good things? Like, how how does it help us? <laughs> well. For me, I believe there's hardly anything more important for a company or an individual than to get a hold of a clear understanding of their identity. I think it's crucial for somebody to be happy in their work, happy in their future, court chart a really good course and direction. You got to know who you are, what you're all about, and what your differentiating value is. So I view this actually as a liberating ministry that I do. I liberate people and companies to do what they're supposed to be doing and to succeed and therefore be happy and add a whole lot more value in the world. I love it. Let's talk about the origin story because all superheroes have origin stories. Now there's the Clark Kent Superman version. You were born on Krypton and you are just wired differently by birth, by way of your introduction to this world, there's that version. There's the something happens to you along the way. Peter Parker gets bitten by a radioactive spider. All of a sudden, he has superpowers. Something happens to him that uh, causes him to use those powers for good. And then there's the Batman version, which tragedy strikes, and then you spend your life devoted to and training to solve a particular problem to get the requisite skills necessary. So I'm curious, what sort of superhero origin story do you have? Were you born with this ability to naturally make things clear? Did something happen to you that caused you to develop this ability to create clarity? Or was it something where you saw a problem and you decided, I'm going to train and learn how to do this, and I'm going to be the best in the world at it? I was born with the raw materials, so I've always been analytical. I've always been able to kind of put two and two together, even in disparate fields, kind of figure out how things work. So it didn't take the form of giving clarity to people or company necessarily, although I do remember very, very far back. I don't know how old I was. I was sitting in front of a TV watching this advertisement for, it was a moving company, and I thought, man, that's a really bad jingle. And I thought up one right on the spot. This is my first foray into marketing. I just thought up a jingle, and I'm not even musical. And I thought, geez, you know. And only later, like decades later, did I look back and then say, ha that was what was going on. You were a marketer all the way back then. But I think what really set me off was a, a sense of deep frustration and imposter syndrome in my first professional job in sales. 
I did not feel comfortable. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't feel like I was made for it. Really struggled with my identity. And uh, once I arrived at the Strengths Finder program and I realized what my real strengths were, and I felt a certain sense of liberation hey, I don't have to keep thinking about how horrible I am at these five things. I need to be good at the things I'm good at. And it was this internal permission to be who I was. And there was this sort of frosting on the cake that happened a little while after that when I read Susan Cain's book, Quiet, The Power of Introverts. And this was a groundbreaking book for many people. But when I read that, it was like, oh, it's okay to be an introvert. In fact, it's great to be an introvert. In fact, it's okay to be me. And so it's this getting comfortable in my own skin that really got me fascinated with this idea that if I know the key things about who I am, well, then that can be liberating to other people as well. And that set me on the course to helping others find their value, their truth, their reality. That's a perfect setup, though, for what this show is all about, which is the name of this show, Rogue, comes from the X-Men character Rogue, who's able to harness and take other people's abilities uh, through the power of touch. And here on Rogue, we do that through the power of conversation. So part of the reason I brought you here is that I want to steal that superpower from you, not take <laughs> it from you so that you can't have it, but take it so that I can have it, too, right? Uh, and that our listeners can have it, too. So I want to know. What is the secret behind this superpower of clarity? You've gone through a lifetime that helped you arrive on this path and you've trained and learned about it and honed this skill and now you have it. And I want to break it down in a way that the people who are listening can walk away from this show and easily map it on and apply it to themselves. Right. So I know that you're built for this. So yes. take us down the path of clarity. How's the superpower work? So a certain part of it is not, replicable. I can't teach someone how to analyze the way I do. It's just in the DNA. It's just the wiring. I, I, I cannot impart it. It's just there. Uh, and so that part, I can't really teach someone to do. But the technique that I use most often to gain clarity with others is what I call story asking. It's curious questioning. Just questioning, 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 listening, and hearing the themes come out of people's minds and hearts as they talk about their successes, their failures, what their company's done well, what their clients like, what they don't like. And it's through the power of questioning that I arrive at clarity with people because my conviction has been and has grown all along. The answer's always there. I just have to ask the right questions and it'll get to the surface. And I have found in all the time I've worked with groups of individuals, the answer's always there. It's floating around somewhere, waiting for someone to say, hey, look at this. Do you realize what this is? This is, this is, what, this, this is what you're all about. And then the lights come on. And that's the moment when the superpower strikes when that light comes on and someone goes, oh, yeah, that's right. Why didn't I see that before? <laughs> so you bring up uh, something that I think is very important for us to touch on, which is you've described thus far a process that takes place 
um, from an external source. So you're addressing it from the, I help people to find clarity. Right. How much of the process that we're going to go through is applicable in the process of self-discovery versus how much do you want to find someone to put you through the rigorous process that you go through? Is it something that you can turn the mirror on yourself and kind of, you know, play chess against yourself? Or do you kind of need someone sitting in that other chair? There's a, there's a limit to how much you can actually do of your own analysis. And the reason is because of the quote I am best known for, even though it's not my quote, I don't know where it came from, but I've used it so many times and it resonates all the time with people. You can't read the label of the jar you're in. And it is impossible for us to objectively see ourselves simply because we're subjective and we're in our own, we're in our own skin. So there's an amount of analysis that I can do to help be self-aware. But I recently went through a complete rebranding exercise and I'm the branding guy, but I needed an external group team to help me be objective about who I was and establish my new brand because I had it all combobulated up in my head. I, I wasn't clear and I couldn't be. And so I think there's the best way to get to clarity is to have some kind of outside help, someone who can think, someone who's sympathetic, someone who's got some creativity and has the ability to ask good questions. So probably going on a podcast is a good move there. Um, how much of that process did you inform or dictate for them so that they would touch on some of the things that you found important from your own framework. So if somebody is listening right now and they're thinking, I'm going to find this other person, you know, is your suggestion, find someone who's naturally good at that stuff? Or is your suggestion like, Hey, maybe check out my book. And even if you find someone good, give them a few of these key things to, to lock in on. So the things that I have written provide a good framework. And that's, that's kind of, I, I'm, I like frameworks. I, I'm into formulas and recipes and frameworks. So perfect. The, the, Me too. Yeah. I, I love it. Uh, there's something there's it's that systematic way. My, my mind is wired. I can't help it. I have to find the framework. I have to find the deep principles, you know? Um, however, uh, as valuable as that is, we live in a real world where, we are doing things in certain domains and have certain abilities that I don't know from the outside unless I have a chance to be one-on-one -on -one with you, but your family members, your friends, your coworkers, your managers may very well be in touch with those things. And so um, I think it's really important to find one or more people that can help you in a non-threatening way, kind of hammer it out. And usually that doesn't mean your manager. And usually it doesn't mean your spouse because there tends to be too much emotional uh, baggage sometimes in a relationship where it's harder for that person to be objective too. So sometimes a spouse can be really, really valuable, but other times it can actually lead you astray. Got it. All right. So let's take us through this process and let's anchor in on the, we're being the person who's helping others to find clarity. So let's make that the angle we take from our, this is the superpower we're going to break down today. Mm -hmm. uh, and we'll save the self-assessment for another day. In the, how do we help other people to find the clarity? Take us through your framework. Take us through your step-by-step -step process. Uh, because I too love frameworks. I find them very easy to follow. They're good mental models to be able to quickly reference. Uh, so I am 100% behind this. And I love that you came prepared with it. So talk us through a little bit of the, how you would help mm. someone 
to find and pull out clarity from someone else? So uh, I'll give you a, a case study of, of how it's done, because this is one of my favorite uh, clients, client friends that I've worked with. And when you get this deep with people, you know, it becomes client friend. Um, so some years ago, I met for lunch with a, with a gentleman that was in the training arena of a pharmaceutical company. And I just, we were just having lunch and, but I was listening to him and I was asking questions, doing what I do. Um, and I was impressed with the fact that he seemed to have this, uh, drive to take the materials and all that and organize them in a really great systematic way. Um, and so later on we met and we talked and, and my methodology is to ask questions to try to surface keywords. If you can get three to four or five keywords, you got that's, those are the key to clarity. You want to find a few keywords. And I said, Jason, you know what you are? You're an infrastructure builder. So there are some trainers who specialize in being on stage, you know, being in the lights and, and all the liveliness and all that, which is fine. And he, he was a good trainer. But he really would take in a curriculum, a, a, a team, and really approach it systematically and build and the word infrastructure hit him like a ton of bricks. He, he realized, oh, that's what I do. That's why, and this is where the stories come in. That's why when I was doing this with this company, I was successful. That's why when I was not doing this, I was unsuccessful. So the combination of the keywords and the stories begin to tell the tale of what you're all about. Then once you settle on those keywords, here's the, here's the really interesting challenge. You take that and you say, how does this look outside of your current context? Okay, We often think of ourselves in terms of my current job, my current role, my current company. But in fact, your DNA and your keywords and your uniqueness is not tied into the company. So once you can articulate your identity outside of that role, then you can start to say, oh, I'm not in the right field or this isn't the right kind of company because I need to be in a, in a small startup or I need to be in a big company. And I've, I've counseled people to go in both directions depending on their makeup because some people belong in a big company and some people belong in a startup and some people belong in a midsize. So it's that process of bringing out those key thoughts and it only takes a few thoughts and a few keywords and stories to really give someone a kind of a, a setting on the GPS. This is where we're going. And what's true of individuals, same with companies. So if you were to come to me and say, hey, Steve, I've got these podcasts. I've got this rogue podcast. And I've got this one. And I've got this one. And and it's it's feeling a little scattered. And I'm not sure how people see it. And I'm not sure if they're really clearly articulated, delineated, whatever. So I would ask you a bunch of questions about, well, what do you do with this one? What do you do with this one? How is this one being received? What happens here? And then we would work through, if needed, some kind of clearer articulation of what you're all about and your podcasts are all about so you're looking for sort of the connective tissue the thread that connects the dots so to speak yeah so yeah. that's what you're looking for okay so we i'm going to recap a bit so we ask a bunch of 
questions and we're looking for themes and keywords that emerge, we take those, we remove ourselves from our current context and look for whether or not that is a through line for everything and anything, even outside of the current role that we're in. We're kind of looking for what is uniquely us. Correct. The question is, what do we then do with that information? So there's one, changing jobs, doing things like that. What if it's messaging? What if it's a sales conversation? What if it's a presentation? Where are the different contexts where this clarity is important for us to be able to make better decisions or um, accomplish whatever our goals are? And, And what do we do with that information once we've connected the dots, we've gotten to our unique us? What do we do then? So... I use clarity in, in kind of two broad categories. There's clarity of purpose and direction. We've been talking about that. You know, who are you? Where are you going? What's your biggest value? Huge deal. Then there's clarity of expression. How do I say it? Okay. Now, I work on both of those together, but they're, they're in fact, you know, kind of separate conceptually. So I like to get to purpose and direction first. Then... We work on how do we put the smallest, most vivid, helpful, interesting words around that, that I can remember quickly, that I can articulate quickly in a networking situation to help make me referable, that I can put into a LinkedIn profile, that as a company we can put on our website. And the key for that is understanding that people need to get right to the point immediately. You need to distill it down to something extremely fast easily accessed by a human brain that likes simplicity and doesn't want confusion and complexity. Now there's, it's an art form doing, doing that crafting of words is an art form. Uh, But a good marketer, good branding person, you know, a, a consultant sometimes can help come up with the expression that makes it all sing. I can't remember where I read the expression, if you confuse, you lose, but it might've been something out of Donald Miller. And I love the idea of, and, and I think what illustrates this is the example I always use of like people's um, uh, butchery of words is when you see like uh nation's best dry cleaner uh, in your, in your, yeah. you know, in your neighborhood, it's like, are you really, Yeah. what does best mean here and nation? And like, so it, you know, we have a tendency to use and overuse words to the, to the extent where the exercise you're talking about where you're actually getting to something like infrastructure, which is meaty and it's not overused, mm-hmm. um, is something very specific. It's a position, whereas best or you know world-class or whatever are these yeah. sort of vague, uh, what are they called, superlatives. Um, they don't really necessarily communicate anything distinctive. So no. we're in this balance between going broad enough that you reach enough annoyance that they understand you versus so specific that only a small subject and people can understand you. And we're looking for that sweet spot in between where we're not in an overused space and we are being true and authentically distinctive to us in, in making that. The one thing I wanted to ask you about that when you talked about getting to the point and saying it succinctly and quickly is there's a whole lot of chatter in the marketing world, as you've heard about people's attention spans. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a difference between attention span and being able to get through the guard that our brains put up of complexity and relevance. And I think people confuse those. And I think, mm-hmm. I know you have a, a, an understanding of some of the neuroscience behind this. You had talked about um, a brain wired for simplicity. 
And I, again, I think that's different than attention. And I was wondering if maybe you could say a little something about that to help people clarify. So the, so they understand that the answer isn't just short for the sake of short because people, uh, not, not long attention span, but there's actually something deeper there. And can you explain that? Yeah. So I think it was back in the seventies that a book was written still valuable called the attention economy. And the author was even back then before smartphones and the internet and all that, he realized that the scarcest uh, resource is human attention and that it's going to get worse. And of course it has. Now I think physiologically, I think our attention span isn't so much changing as it is we are so filled with distraction, noise, and, and other streams now that it's simply harder to concentrate. Uh, I don't necessarily believe that biologically we are, our att attention spans have changed. I do think we are just inundated. Uh, so attention, though, is the, is the welcome mat in the front door. I mean, we have to have attention. We have to get in. And the book talks about how the need is to bring forth what is important, relevant, new, and interesting for the RAS, the reticular activating system, which is the master filter. It's the executive assistant that, you know, allows in or does not allow in. Uh, and the RAS is looking for immediate relevance. So as communicators, our big goal is to bring forward very quickly why somebody should be listening. What's the purpose? What's the result? What's the reason this is important? And if I'm not articulating that quickly, I lose you because you've got a thousand other things to look at right now. And so how much attention would I have if I got up in front of a, a group of 200 people and I just started speaking Romanian? I guess it depends if you're in a Romanian, exactly. you have a Romanian audience. But let's just say I'm in Louisiana. And so I may be saying some really cool stuff, but absolutely nobody can tell whether it's relevant and I'm gone. I'm tuned out instantly. So we have to view the, the landscape of noise and competition out there as incredibly persuasive. And we got to be more persuasive. We've got to be more relevant than all the rest of it. If we're going to win. So we have our unique position because we've done that work for clarity. So we now better understand who we are and what is in our DNA that makes us our unique position. Mm -hmm. And then we utilize that to get right to the point in whatever that context is. And that then obviously lays out that once you understand who you are and you got to the point that you had a point to begin with, which I know is precedes getting to the point is you have to have something that you're doing that for, and then you get to the point. So we've gone through the work now of, helping people to understand what is their theme, what is their unique angle, what it, what is driving them. We remove the context to better understand it, make sure it's universally applicable. And then we utilize that in service of, of some sort of a goal. And then we get to the point right out of the gate with whatever that message is in terms of the expression of that clarity. Mm -hmm. What are the final steps when we utilize that and implement that framework? The final steps really involves sort of Owning it and repeating it internally and even and with others. I found that one of the most important things anybody can do as they start to gain clarity is to start weaving 
the phrases, the statements, the words into the way that they interact with others. Because we have to actually convince ourselves. We have to rewire our own brains. And the more we talk accurately about who we are, what we do, what we offer, why we're there, what our purpose is, the more settled we become in that. And then the more settled other people become because they're hearing us say the same thing over and over again. And we should never assume that people have gotten the message. It doesn't matter how many times you say it over how long. People often are tuning us out until the moment when they really need to hear it. And one of the things I learned through many, many years of sales is I can think I have communicated something a hundred times to this individual and find out and talking to them when they say, so Steve, what is it you actually do? And I, I don't know how many times I've had that happen where I thought, what have I been doing all this time? How could that not get through? But it wasn't relevant until that crucial moment when they were ready to hear it. And then I was able to say, and then it's like, oh, but I was ready then. I had the words. And so if you have the words, you have the stories, you have, in a sense, the internal script, then you can actually make it happen and convince other people of who you are and what you're all about. And that equips them to refer you, which was the subject of my first book. The reason why you want to put these memory darts in people's minds is so that they can refer you because they've got the one important concept about who you are stuck in their heads. I love it. The uh, words that were striking me, and I know you have your words for your process. The words that struck me as we were going through this was inquire, identify, apply, and embody. That mm. you're asking the question so that you can let something emerge that you identify as like the theme. And then you apply that in the simplest, clearest way possible. And then you keep doing it so that you embody that. And when the time is right, and this is back to your example about speaking Romanian, it may not help every time you speak Romanian in Louisiana, but that time you are ready and you get booked for that conference in Romania, now you're <laughs> ready, right? Now you've got the words and you've got the points and you're ready for your moment. So I really appreciate the, um, the, the step-by-step -step process. Uh, I also love the uh, advice about getting to the point. It's such a difficult thing to do when you're in the world of messaging and copy and content that often you're like, it's like a food blog. And if you ever go into like a food blog and you're like, I just want a recipe from a black Manhattan and you're <laughs> exactly. like, I don't need to read like 700 <laughs> words about, you know, your upbringing and the history of the drink. Just give me the recipe, right? Yep. So get to the point. And then if I want to read the story, then I'll come to make it interesting, right? So I really appreciate that advice. Um, I really appreciate the the framework. And thank you for coming on and, and sharing your superpower with our listeners here on Rogue. Um, where can people go if they, if Gotham's in trouble, how can they throw up <laughs> a bat signal and find you and, uh, and, and have you come and save the day? I can be found at stevewoodruff.com which talks about my books and also about the workshops. Most of my paid work is workshops. So I do keynotes and workshops, a lot of it for business, uh, corporate entities, but really this theme is for anybody that's communicating. Uh, and then also uh, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So if some, if you search for Steve Woodruff and or King of Clarity on LinkedIn, I'll show up 
And that's where I'm sharing resources and I have a weekly newsletter and, and that's where I actually tend to make most of my new connections with people. Excellent. We'll put those on the show notes. And before I let you go and sign off on this episode, can you just for the record and for the listeners, what are the names of your books so that they can go and search for them? We'll put links to them in the show notes as well. So my, my latest book is The Point, and that is the book that contains the entire Clarity framework and formula. Uh, and uh, the first book is called Clarity Wins, and that one is focused on referrals and branding and networking. Uh, both are available on Amazon. Uh, the Point is actually available uh, at other outlets as well. The first was self-published, Clarity Wins. The Point is published by Morgan James. Uh, and so that's at other online outlets and uh, hopefully increasingly in physical bookstores. Beautiful. Well, we'll have all of that in the show notes. Uh, thank you all for listening and tuning into another episode of Rogue. I hope as always, you learn something that you can apply and you have a new superpower that you can steal for yourself. Go out there, change the world, make it kinder, safer, and more equitable. And I'll see you on the next episode of Rogue.